Are you a leader or a follower? Do you let other people make up your mind for you? Do you follow the crowd or are you independent? You make up your own mind. You choose the direction you wish to follow. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you feeling today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. How you making out with your medication? You taking your medication the way you're supposed to? You getting it delivered to the house? Or you picking it up? Hey, whichever way, you're doing it safe. That's the right way to do it. Keeping up with your doctor's appointments. Excellent. Are you still doing it virtually? Hey, the insurance companies are still paying for virtual appointments. So if you can do them virtually, do it. It's safe. It's easy. It's economical. You're saving all that gas money. You're saving the the cab fares. You're saving time. And you can do it right in your kitchen table. What's better than that? All you got to do is put on a clean shirt. You can still have your pajama pants on. It's easy to do it right from the kitchen table or the dining room table. Let me ask you something. How are you making out with this COVID-19? Are you, are you still taking the precautions? Have you gotten the vaccine? You know, there's a lot of talk about the vaccine. I was on the fence about it. I wasn't sure if I was going to get it or not. And then I spoke to my doctor because I have a lot of issues going on. And my doctor, my doctor initially told me to hold off. And I did. I held off until November, actually. I got the shots in November. And now they're talking about booster shots. And I'm not so sure. You know, first it was get the vaccine. Then it was you had to get two vaccines. And I got the two vaccines. Now it's a booster shot. Now there's a possibility of a fourth booster shot. I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. I'm going to talk to my doctor about it again. But I'm still wearing the mask. Are you still wearing the mask? I I know people are saying, oh, it's a pain in the ass to wear a mask. It may be a pain in the ass, but it's going to save your life. I know people saying, oh, it's a mask. It's it's not going to save my life. Let me tell you, if you recall, when the pandemic first started, the mask was saving lives. And now it's it's not. Now it's a pain in the ass. Let me tell you something. The shot's not going to save your life. It's just another weapon in in your quiver against the COVID-19. Just like the mask is another weapon. And you'd be smart to use all the weapons at your disposal to fight this thing. People have the shots and they're still getting sick. And they're still dying from this. So isn't it smart to use everything at your disposal? I tell you what, I still use the the latex gloves. My wife still uses the latex gloves when she goes into the store. Why would you want to touch shopping carts that other people touched? And then, God forbid, you touch your face or you wipe your mouth later on. Keep yourself safe. Latex gloves aren't going to kill you. They're going to save you. The same thing. You go to a gas station. You want to touch the gas pump that somebody else touched before you? You put on a glove. You pump your gas, take the glove off, throw it away. There's a garbage pail right there. You got to keep yourself safe. Now your kids, they're saying if the kid, if your kid gets a gets COVID or this Omicron variant, they're likely to get diabetes. 
shortly thereafter. Do you know what a vile disease diabetes is? I suffer from diabetes. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. This is a terrible disease. We're not out of the pandemic. Some people seem to think that the pandemic is over. I don't know where their brain is at. But keep yourself safe. Keep your family safe. I still wash our groceries. When we go grocery shopping, before the groceries are brought into the house, we still wipe them down with the Clorox wipes or the Lysol wipes before we put them in our cabinets. And we clean our, clean our shopping bags, the insides of our shopping bags, before we bring them into the house. You got to be safe. You got to keep yourself safe. You got to keep your family safe. You got to do what you got to do. I hope you're doing it. We have got a good one for you today. Now, some of you might remember last year we did the vegan possibility. And our original thought on doing the vegan possibility was that we were going to show people how you can save money, do, leading a vegan lifestyle, a healthy life. You know, people, people in our position, the disabled, we have enough problems. And part of this podcast is how to lead a happy, healthy life with a disability. And if there's a way that you can be a little bit more healthy, then we'd like to bring out those possibilities for you. And one of, the, one of the possibilities of a vegan lifestyle is living a little bit more healthy. And of course, there's other reasons people go with the vegan lifestyle. They're on a crusade to save animals and, you know, the world and everything else. And that's, that's fine. But it got carried away. And that's why I had to put a stop to it. Because all of a sudden, my co-host at the time was bringing on these people that were breaking into farms and stealing from other people, doing illegal activities, and I, I won't have a part of that. I won't, I, won't let the pot, I won't let this podcast be a part of that. So I had to put a stop to that. A few weeks back, I had a guest on the, on the podcast, Eric Oberto. He's an actor, a singer, a songwriter, and he's also a vegan. And we did some talking off the podcast and he's very passionate about being a vegan. And he's passionate about helping people become vegan. So we got to talking and he said he'd, he'd like to come on and talk about the vegan lifestyle. So we decided we were going to give it a shot. And that's what we're doing today. Eric, is, Eric wants to talk about being a vegan and leading a regular lifestyle outside of it. He works every day and he's still able to lead a vegan lifestyle. On our first attempt, you would have thought that you couldn't, you, you'd have to predominantly be a vegan and have a regular lifestyle secondary to it. Eric is showing how you can have a normal lifestyle, go to work every day, and still be a vegan. I'm going to let Eric explain it, but I want to remind you of who Eric is besides a vegan. He's a vegan, but he also has a very busy lifestyle. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, I can't be bothered being a vegan because I have so much on my plate. I want you to see who Eric actually is. So sit back and relax. I'm going to turn this over to David. And he's going to, he's going to tell you who Eric actually is besides the fact that he's a vegan. So sit back and relax for a second here. Who is Eric Oberto? Eric has a condition called synesthesia a neurological condition that enables him to see sound as three-dimensional colors and shapes, as he hears it. Eric credits synesthesia as the reason he's able to write complete music without any formal musical training. In his own words he said, 
I just paint moving three-dimensional musical pictures, with the color palette that the sounds provide. I don't question where it comes from or how it works, I just use what my brain is making available to me. Eric made his first thunderous splash into the entertainment industry as the singer, songwriter, and frontman of the popular synthcore band Tungsten Coil. Hailing from Detroit, Michigan, the band was formed in 1994 and immediately shook up the Detroit industrial, goth music scene. The band played several live shows and events, which gained them a solid Detroit fanbase. Tungsten Coil was featured in numerous music compilations, released multiple eps, and released two full-length albums, Reactive and Alpha and Omega. The band went through multiple member changes in their lineup, with Eric Oberto being the only consistent member. The sound and style of their music evolved over the years from experimental industrial goth to a more polished industrial, metal formula. The band continued its musical assault into the late 2000s. Along the way they were nominated for and won multiple awards, including an Austin Music Award for Best Industrial Band. Their final performance was a showcase at Elysium in 2008, where they shared the stage with goth legend, Peter Murphy of Bauhaus. After Eric decided to put Tungsten Coil on hiatus, he took an extended break from the entertainment industry and launched a successful career in the financial industry. His path eventually led to an entrepreneurial career move to fund, launch and co-found his own financial company. After several years of success in the financial industry, he decided to sell the company to his business partner and focus his passion back to his first true love. Music. During the financial industry period, Eric suffered a tremendous blow to his musical abilities in 2015. He was inflicted with sudden sensory neural hearing loss in his right ear. Being a play-by-ear musician and songwriter, when his right ear malfunctioned his ability to clearly paint musical pictures through synesthesia was severely impaired and almost lost. Over the next several years, he made multiple unsuccessful attempts to overcome his disability and feared that his songwriting days were over. He then became obsessed with finding a solution to overcome his handicap. In 2021, he finally found a path to create music using his one good ear and filled in the gaps of the broken ear by making use of modern computer software tools. These tools allow him to visually identify frequencies that he can no longer hear, and he is now able to visually see the stereo field where sounds reside. He also discovered a device that allows him to independently equalize the left and right sides of his headphones. This device gives him the ability to boost all the lost hearing frequencies in the right ear, to fill in the missing gaps. The right ear is broken, completely distorted, and plagued with massive tinnitus. However, by amplifying all the frequencies independently, it tricks his brain into thinking that the correct hearing information is being received, even though it isn't. The end result is that it allows his synesthesia to kick back in somewhat, and he uses his previous songwriting experiences to fill in the gaps. These amazing tools do not make him whole again, but they do provide a new path forward to pursue his musical dreams. Now, against all odds, Eric is writing the best music of his career. This hearing loss handicap has pushed him to continually prove to himself that he can create art no matter what obstacles get in his way. His reignited passion has opened several other doors to utilize his talents. He is now also involved in the film industry in several different forms, writing soundtracks, composing scores, acting, producing, directing, and editing. Eric's new song Darkness Never Lies is featured in the motion picture Amityville Cult. His debut as a director and editor are spotlighted in his music video for Darkness Never Lies, 
which is a bonus feature on the Amityville Cult DVD, Blu-ray National Walmart release from November 16th of this year. Darkness Never Lies is now available on all the major streaming platforms and Bandcamp.com. The music video is available on YouTube. In addition, a remix by Cleopatra Records artist Eric Gustafson of Adoration Destroyed will be released soon. According to Eric, I'm just getting started, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let me turn this back over to Jimmy so he can introduce you to one of the hardest working men in show business, Eric Oberto. Now before I bring Eric into this, I just want to remind you, after all you just heard, Eric is also an advocate for the vegan lifestyle. So sit back, relax, and let's bring in Eric Oberto. promised we're here with eric oberto now those of you who listened to the last episode last month know that eric is a singer a songwriter a composer a writer a director a producer and an actor now he's also something i didn't tell you last time he's also a vegan yes that's right for all you vegan fans out there Eric is also a vegan. How are you doing today, Eric? You know, I'm doing pretty well, Jimmy. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. What's going on? Happy New Year, by the way. Hey, Happy New Year. I, I first wanted to say I appreciate you having me back. I had uh, such a good time last time, and when I got the call to get back on the show, I jumped at the opportunity, so I'm happy to start the new year off with Jimmy Apple. I'm so happy you're here. I I had such a good time with you last time. I felt like we, we knew each other for years. It but did feel that way. It I, really did. But I didn't know you were a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> no. I get that all the time. <laughs> now, I'm going to preface all of this by saying I am not a vegan. So this isn't, this isn't going to be a debate or an argument or anything like that. What I wanted Eric to, to come on about with here is that he has such a busy life. Now, some people hear vegans and they're all consumed with going out to rip up farms and protesting and this, that, and the other thing. Eric is a vegan, but he still lives a normal life. Vegans get a bad rap. Put it that way. That's what I want to point out. Vegans get a bad rap. They're not all gangsters or undercover farm, uh, farm busters or anything like that. They're normal people. These are people that are sitting next to you at work. They get up in the morning like everybody else, take a shower, get dressed, go to work. Just at lunchtime, maybe they eat something different than you do, or you eat something different than they do. But the vegans are normal people, just like everybody else. Am I right, Eric? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of uh, you know, misgivings or misunderstandings when it comes to vegans, for sure. I mean... Probably with just about anything, but vegan specifically, yeah. And I think uh, I had a lot of uh, misgivings or misguided notions about vegans uh, before becoming one. You know, so it's very common. Right. People think that vegans are like the boogeyman. And I wanted to spell that myth because everyone has their own way of doing things. Not all vegans are PETA. That's, I want to put, put that out there. 
not all vegans are throwing blood balloons at people or looking to break into farms and steal animals out. They're living the lifestyle that they believe is best. So I'm going to leave that. I'm going to turn that over to you at this point, Eric. Explain the vegan lifestyle. Well, uh, I guess the best way to do that is to kind of explain how I ended up becoming one, you know, because exactly. a little bit of uh, back history, you know, I was, I was the uh, antithesis to veganism, probably. I was that guy who was uh, kind of vocal, you know, about it, you know, sort of giving vegans or vegetarians a hard time, like you're hippies or you're weak or, you know, I, I'm a man, I'm macho, I, I eat beef, I eat my meats. You know, here's something I used to say. This is this will tell you exactly who I used to be. So when I was in the financial industry and had my own company, I would do a lot of seminars uh, to, you know, draw on prospects and stuff. I would do seminars and give us give a demonstration about what my company does. And we would always do these seminars at high-end uh, steakhouses. That's, that would attract the most people. And it's very lucrative. So when all would be said and done, you know, I'm the CEO of this company, the, the performer, the guy doing the seminar. And at the end of the day, we would eat, you know, after the seminar. And my, you know, food and beverage transport consultant, also known as a waiter, would come over. And <laughs> Mr. Alberto, how are you tonight? Blah, blah. You know, what can I get you this evening? Or, or, and I would tell him, you know, I want a steak or a ribeye or whatever I was going to have. And he'd say, okay, well, how would you like that cooked? And me being so, I don't know, ridiculous and kind of messed up in my own head, I would say things like, yeah, just go ahead and walk it by a candle. We're good. <laughs> and, of course, he would laugh or she would laugh and everyone would laugh. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm cool. I eat rare meat. You know, I was just so kind of wrapped up in it. And, and th th the seminars were probably where one of the points I started to kind of that tipped me in this direction was I started looking around these high-end expensive steakhouses and it's weird. They're all dimly lit. Um, a lot of mo uh, the lion's share of the uh, patrons there are overweight. Don't look really healthy. <laughs> have like dark circles under their eyes. And the weirdest thing was most people weren't friendly. Uh, patrons, uh, were, were not very friendly there. Um, everyone was like, I've, I've earned the right to be here. I'm paying the freight and I'm going to let you know that I'm a badass and I'm at a steakhouse and spending all this money. Somehow it means I'm more than you are. And being in a sales environment, whenever we would celebrate, let's go out and have a steak. Like the, the companies you work for, the companies you sold financial products to there, your reward was going to these high end steakhouses to eat meat. And all of my peers, most of my peers in the financial industry, or I guess when I'm at the end of the day, not my kind of people either. So I started to look around. Everyone was pretty unhealthy around me. And, and health was what kind of got me to start, you know, researching. And it sort of went in the direction of it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a vegan. I started looking at things like how to be healthier because I'm actually a cancer survivor. We talked about that, you know, and uh, so I started looking at like chemicals and products that, you know, you could, like lotion, stuff you put on your skin, shampoo, deodorant, started to learn about that. And I really started to learn about organic foods and, and the difference in pesticides and all that. And then when I went down that, that direction, it was like information started popping up about veganism and vegetarianism. And I started kind of, 
looking into that. And then after doing, I don't know, hundreds of hours of research, which I know most people aren't willing to do, but that's kind of who I am. I'm someone I would just jump in. I can't seem to stop myself. Like once I get into something, I have to know what's at the other side of that tunnel. I have to find out. So as I started researching more, it looked like, you know, for someone who's a cancer survivor, when people get cancer, it seems like the most common thing that's done first is they switch them to a plant-based or vegan-based diet almost automatically. It's like standard issue. You get cancer, we're going to put you on a vegan diet. So I started looking more into it. And at the end of the day, you know, it first was a health thing. And when I, when I started to, at first I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? You know, like not every place is set up for someone who's vegan. So I had to learn, you know, retrain myself about cooking and you know what types of food and then if i'm at a restaurant what can i eat and all that so it all started in that direction but it wasn't like uh, i had some epiphany that i'm gonna become a vegan one day it was this gradual understanding about how to be healthier and then after that uh it opened up to a whole different set of things that i'm sure we can get into on the show but i don't want to be the only guy talking no you're doing good you're doing good i'm listening (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can go forward if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Keep going. Okay. So once I, once I, I, when I first officially did it, I'm like an all in kind of guy. So once I I started to understand, I'm like, okay, I first started, I eliminated, you know, beef because that's like one of the more unhealthy uh, types of meat you can have. And then it was like pork and then chicken, turkey. And the last thing I had in my uh, arsenal was seafood. You know, as I used to go out for sushi a lot and that kind of stuff. And so eventually I, I sushi went, the fish went, and, and then before you know it, I'm, I'm full on vegan. When I went full on vegan, it was insane. I went, I lost like 20, 22 or 24 pounds in like four weeks, basically. And I wasn't trying, I, I was never like obese or anything. You know, I was a little overweight, but not not crazy, you know, and now I, 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 all of a sudden, like, it was like instinct that my body went to my high school weight without me doing anything. And then it just stopped. And to this day, you know, four years later, um, I range between, I'm six, two and I range between 175 and 180 period. I don't have to count calories. I don't have to think about anything like that. It just, it just is because I eat a vegan and mostly organic uh, diet. And, and so those benefits were great, but then it gets better. So after about a year of this, um, I went to my regular doctor who's definitely not a vegan, you know, (laughs) nice guy, (laughs) definitely not a vegan (laughs) and, and definitely a little overweight, Uh, no names. So, I sit down with him and we, we do all my blood work and all that. Cause at that point I'm in my you know young forties and everything. He's like, you know, you're basically 16 years old on paper. You know, he's running through all my numbers and everything. He's like, it's kind of crazy. What, what, what have you been doing? I mean, I see you've lost some weight, but what's going on. So when I told him what I was doing, he, I don't want to say he almost laughed at me, but it looked like he was almost about to laugh at me. It was kind of strange. And I don't know if that was disbelief or like, oh, sure, I'm never going to, I'm not, let's not talk anymore because I'm never going to do that because he's definitely a big barbecue kind of guy. But my numbers, all of a sudden, it's like I turned the clock back internally. And here I am like four years later and I look around at my peers and stuff and we talk, friends of mine and all that. And 
you know, my math, my numbers, my weight, uh, I guess the way my skin looks and everything, everyone's like, what are you doing? And I'll explain what I'm doing. And usually that's where the conversation ends. But um, at the same time where I was going was that the, the vegan lifestyle originally started for health. And I think that's a really good reason. I mean, you know, to some degree, we're all selfish. That's fine. That's good. Well, why not selfishly do something that makes you healthier so you can selfishly live a better life or a happier life or a healthier life on the planet? But then, speaking of the planet, I started all this research I was doing. I started looking at the current status of the planet, you know, the health of the oceans, the uh, uh, carbon footprint, CO2 in the atmosphere and all that. And I really looked at the beef industry and the pork industry and all that and looked at the amount of uh, contributing greenhouse gases that are causing some of the problems, you know, scientifically said that we are that are some of the causes of the problems we're having on the planet right now. And everyone's always complaining, myself included, was a complainer about, well, yeah, I see things are bad with the planet, but what am I going to do? I'm just one guy, you know, I mean, like, I can't do anything. You hear people say that all the time. Well, this kind of pushed me in a direction to start looking at, you know, everything else I was doing and then looked at the fact that I wasn't part of the, you know, animal consuming problem, if you will. It was my way of helping to reduce there. And then the whole byproduct of it led my mind into recycling. It led my mind into creating a smaller carbon footprint, creating less waste and all this. Like, it, it's kind of crazy if you talk to me now versus years ago. It's almost like you're talking to a different person. Because I was the one before, like, I don't care. I, I, when I'm gone, I'm gone. I don't really care. It's not my problem. Uh, I just didn't, I wasn't really concerned about anything. And then now, I've just kind of made some shifts in my life and, and the dividends and, and, and the rewards personally for my health, for, for my mindset, my mind. I used to be so plagued with like a cloudy, you know, drab, dark sort of existence to where I wasn't really happy most of the time. Now it's like it feels like this big weight burden lifted off my shoulders and I can focus. I feel better. I feel like I look better. People tell me I look better. And then I'm actually doing things that are not detrimental to the planet like before. And I'm doing things that are pro planet. And, you know, I'm not someone who has kids. I, I'm not planning on having kids. Uh, that's not something I want to do. But so I don't have a horse in the race of the future of the planet. But to me, I think the planet's important. I think that uh, anything we can do to uh, make the planet a better place and hang on to what nature we have left and then. I think that's important to contribute to. And at the same time, I've always been a self-proclaimed animal lover, but I don't think I was living that kind of a life at all. Someone who loved animals, I was just, you know, it's on my plate. I don't care how it got there. So all these changes collectively have just been amazing. It's like a, it's just a completely different life. And I'm not living in some weird cult, you know. <laughs> I didn't become a hippie. Uh, nothing, you know. I'm just Eric Oberto who makes better choices and is healthier now. And, uh, will share his information and resources with anyone who asks him. Now, I have a question for you. You're, you're mm -hmm. talking about the environment and recycling and all this. Have, yeah. you, have you moved towards going all electric instead of using fuel, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that. I, I have done a lot of research on that as well. And I, I planned, funny you bring that up, I yeah. planned on my next vehicle being an electric vehicle. The only problem I have there 
is that we, we really have to change the power grid and, and fortify it across the all boards to where it's able to take on the amount of energy uh, we would need to have everybody switch to electric cars. And then there is that concern about the batteries and the disposal yeah. slash recycling. So I think we're headed in a good direction, um, but nothing happens overnight. And so, you know, you see like in the automotive industry, Tesla sort of shook it all up. And now you see Ford Motor Company jumping to the forefront of it. I think the solution is coming. It's kind of like solar panels. They're a lot more efficient now than they ever have been. And the batteries that house them, which Tesla is one of the leaders there. I think we're going there. But where I think that, that argument gets screwed up is that people try to you know alienate one specific little area and then say well there's no point in doing anything like you know if we switch to all solar power then this will happen and if it freezes this will happen you know it's kind of like the talking about wind wind power like in texas we had that big freeze last year right and everyone's like the turbines froze so turbines are useless well <laughs> that's, that's not how it works you know it's like you need a combination of things to make anything happen much like if you're not eating animals and, and you're, you're helping to reduce the, the uh, greenhouse gases, carbon footprint, well, animals don't make all of the greenhouse gases, you know, the, the, the animal industry of food. It's a part of it. It's a significant portion, but that's not going to be the only thing that needs to change. You know, humans need to change a lot of things. Well, that was, <laughs> that was going to be my next statement because to hear some vegans talk, it's all – the animal it's it's the animal thing it's that's what's causing all the problems and it's not i mean there there's so many other things and it not that it makes me laugh it makes me curious because i hear so many people tell me oh we have to stamp out eating animals because of the the pollution and this that and the other yet they get into their cars and they drive to these rallies well exactly i'll give you a good example i i used i've owned uh, three uh, Ford F-150 Raptors. Have you ever seen an F-150 Raptor? Yeah, uh, yes. Well, I had them back when it was like the 6.2-liter <laughs> engine. You know, it, it had so much of a, a huge gas tank because you use so much gas. I used to not care about things like that. And, and like right, little by little, I've changed my viewpoint. And now I'm not, I'm not just talking about it. I'm doing it. And so, yes, I'm, I'm hoping... And it looks like it'll time up right for my next vehicle. I, I think the new Ford Bronco, they're going to have the electric version right at that point in time. And that's kind of where my sights are set, you know, smaller vehicle, but on electric because they're just more efficient and so forth. But you're totally, totally, totally right. That, People get fixated on one thing and, and they think that one thing is all of it, right. which is kind of why I started the conversation with, you know, I eliminated chemicals. I went to, or organic, and then I ended up in the vegan scenario, but they all still apply. I didn't become a vegan, and now I, I put a bunch of chemicals back in my body and in my shampoos and my lotions, <laughs> you know. No, I, I like it's progressive. There's a reason I'm healthy. It's because I'm doing a lot of different things, and I believe vegan is a big part of it, but it's not the only part. Like I said, I, I've seen these some of these big stars, you know, they're, they're talking about being vegan and saving the world, yet they're flying in private jets to go to these seminars or whatever you want to call them, these meetings. And it just kills me. It's talking about both sides of your mouth, but it goes down to the smaller part too. 
the local people that are fighting this, they're going to take over farms and free animals, but they're going up there in their their pickup trucks. <laughs> it, it's, well, it's kind of contradictory, if you it, ask it me. Kind of, it, it kind of is um, in context. So uh, I think one of the things I've learned the most, which is painful, is that uh, change is slow. Uh no matter how you look at it, change is slow. For a tipping point to happen, an actual, you know, full-scale, worldly or, or countrywide change, statewide change to occur, it has to hit a tipping point. So it's like you can't – this is a bad example, but it's the example you use. So the person who is a vegan who is trying to stop, you know, a farm from the type of farming they're doing or, or raising cattle, and they go there in their petroleum-based uh, vehicle, well – that's what's available for the most part, you know, in most scenarios. So that, that change is happening too, but hasn't taken its tipping point into effect yet either to where we have enough of different alternative vehicles available to us that are affordable uh, or just available. You know what I mean? Like it hasn't all happened yet. So it's like, I, I see the, it is contradictory, but it's not black and white and I'm not advocating to go, you know, attack a farmer as much as I, you know, people that raise cattle and stuff, I, I have a lot of issue with it, but I'm not going to go, you know, this is what they've been you know, doing or indoctrinated into their entire lives. Probably family inherited the, the farm from previous family. They grew up on this, you know, that, that type of change is going to be very slow. Well, that's the other thing that I'd like to point out. And again, I'm not trying to start a fight or an argument with anybody. They're doing mm-hmm. nothing. But, well, according to the vegan, the vegan population, they're doing everything wrong. But according to our laws, they're not breaking any laws. They're doing. They've, there's laws that govern them. They're doing what what they have to do. They're sub, they're they're supporting their family through this. They're, it's totally legal what they're doing. Yet the vegan population doesn't want it to be done. So they're breaking the law. The law. To, to try and stop it. And I just find that so contradictory that they could turn around. There's, there's ways of fighting this thing legally. And I, get, I always get, well, it takes too long. It takes too long. You don't know until you try. Well, you know, that's a good point. So uh, uh, the best example that I know of is me, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I was completely the polar opposite of what I am right now. Right. Compl- like so much, you just, you wouldn't even believe it. And I just woke up one day and, and just decided that I wanted to improve my life and make some changes. And so I started doing research. Not a lot of people are willing to put in that kind of time I've noticed. Um, and, and that could be for a number of reasons. I don't have kids, so maybe I had extra time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those types of things. But I think, I think people get, frustrated and and they get uh desperate in their own minds like in their own little cocoon inside their own four walls and they're they're locking themselves away away from the rest of society and all they're focused on is this thing whether it's veganism or or like religious fanatics or you name it yeah like they get focused and then they start lashing out versus you know you got to see the world through better eyes than that i mean if i can change then you've got to give people a chance to change before you count them out exactly and that's that's what i'm getting at 
You can't just expect to snap your fingers and because you believe the world should change, that everyone should change just because you believe it. If you truly do believe it, then you work at it. But like you said, with religion, some of the people that I've spoken to complain about religion, yet the vegan lifestyle or the hardcore vegans are no better than organized religion in, in certain aspects because the way that organized religion may, may seem like it's pushing their doctrine down your throat is the same way people like Peter are pushing their doctrine down your throat. And who's to say that their doctrine is any better than the organized religion? Well, I think the only comment I can make to that, and this is just you know, putting it out there, I'm not a religious person mm-hmm. at all. Uh, I was raised that way, uh, but I chose to not continue that way. I'm, I'm, I'm just not that guy. However, what I will say is the, the comparison in tact, I mean, you could, you could apply it to politics. You could apply it to a number of things. Right. But the one thing I'll say here that separates, say, veganism from Scientology or Christianity or whatever is that, you know, you have scientific fact on your, you know, on your plate that shows, you know, through research that, hey, this type of a lifestyle is going to be better for you as a person and it's better for the planet. It's not the only solution for the planet, but you at least have scientific fact on your side. Doesn't mean you have to act like a jerk and get in people's faces, but, you know, in the religious aspect, I don't know that we're talking about fact, you know, so it is a little, it's a little different, but... Again, again, that's what you believe. It's what your faith is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go to. No, it's a bad place to go. (laughs) It's a bad place to go. I didn't open the door. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we should open that door. But you know, it it depends on what you what your belief is, and if your if your belief is strong enough in one position, I say perfect it for yourself, and that's that's how I feel about it. That's just my opinion. Perfect well, this for per- yourself. I don't believe in going out. I'm a Catholic. I don't believe in going out and converting everyone over to Catholicism. That's, True. That's not my. That's not my thing. I'm a. Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Right, and that's my thing. I I'm not going out to knock on your door and convert you and say this is the way you have to be because this is the true religion. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It works for me. That's that's it. But the same thing, veganism works for you. I don't. I don't expect Peter to come knocking on my door and throw a blood balloon at me. No, that's probably not the best way to quote unquote campaign something. I think. I think you're right about perfected for yourself. And and here's the deal. Lead, lead by example. But at the end of the day, nobody, and I don't. I mean nobody, is listening to someone who's yelling at them. Exactly. No, no, no one's listening. It, pe- the only people who want advice are the people who asked for it. Exactly. And, and that's something you got to remember, you know, no matter what the topic is, you know, um, even if you're right, if people, if they're not asking you for your opinion and they're wrong, it doesn't matter if you're right because they are not going to listen to you. So you might as well save your breath. You're a hundred percent right. <laughs> you're a hundred percent right. It's it's like I you have to let people believe what they want to believe. And I know you can feel strong. I believe me. I know you can yep. feel strong about a subject and you can say to yourself, How can you not understand what I'm saying? But you can't change the way somebody feels. 
Well, you know, what's interesting about that is uh, I wrote a coaching program my wife and I did called Total Control. And I did some of that uh, before I got back in the entertainment industry and it worked real well. I just, at the end of the day, didn't want to keep coaching, but I did a section on uh, one of the, one of the, one of the curriculums was on communication and the bottom line I would tell people no matter what they think is that the reality is that no one understands what you're talking about except for you. You may think you've conveyed everything really well, but everyone's got their own lives going on. They're interested in whatever they're interested in. They got their own problems, good, bad, ugly. Most of the time people don't know what you're saying. Even if you explain yourself so well, like how could you not get it? It's because they're not inside your head and they're seeing the world a different way. Exactly. I, I almost often wonder when we're looking at things, are we seeing the same thing? Like it's blue, blue for me and blue for you as well. Or are you seeing purple? Like, I don't know. But sometimes I kind of think everyone's seeing different colors and then potentially as we, our minds change and evolve that the colors can merge sometimes. But I don't think people ultimately understand each other in that realm everyone's kind of going to the beat of their own drum for the for lack of a better way to say it the other thing too is you can't change people's minds no but you can help people to listen true you can't make them listen but you can help them to listen and by helping them listen doesn't mean yelling at people doesn't mean no. like I, I was telling you earlier and you know you get someone that has been head or, or put up the front of being heterosexual their whole life then all of a sudden they come, they decide, well, I'm no, you know, I'm going to come out and I'm going to read my, my own self. And that's fine. But then they don't just come out of the closet. They kick the door open. They come out waving flags. All of a sudden I'm gay. That's fine. You're gay. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't, you know, that's, I don't tell you who I sleep with. I don't care who you sleep with. It's the same thing with the vegans. I don't care what you eat or who you hang out with. You know, if I come to you and ask you about the vegan lifestyle, please explain it to me. Like you just yep. said, if I ask you about it, but to sit there and try and ram it down my throat, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to dislike you is what I'm going to do. Well, it's, it's, it's totally makes sense. And if you think about any sort of revolution, you know, they're all kind of born that way, better, worse. I mean, like you think about, look at conquering, you know, there hasn't been a lot of conquering going on in the uh, world, but there used to be a ton of conquering going on. And it would be like, Hey, we've claimed this land and you're now going to think the way we think. And that's the way it is. And that's how business used to be done. I don't think it's necessarily the best way to do business. I mean, I think it's all about, you know, ma like you said, mastering it yourself and, and having it be a good thing for you. And then if someone's willing to listen, spread it, you right. know, and there's, there's, there's better ways to do it than say PETA, for example, you know, and, I don't envy their position that they've put themselves in, but at the same time, you know, I, I think their intentions are good. I think their execution is poor. Right. I, I don't think they intended to go out and assault people. I don't think that was their initial intention, but that's what it's boiled down to. Yeah. I, I seen this one, this one thing that was on YouTube where a woman walked into a, a restaurant with an egg and started telling people how this egg was a person and, you were eating her brothers and her sisters, and it's a, a severe lack of respect for your fellow human beings, number one. If they wanted to hear this, then hold a rally and let them come in here. Don't go to them. Let them come to you. It, you know who I think's done the best job so far? Who's that? Uh, Impossible and Beyond. Impossible Burgers and Beyond Burgers. Have you tried either of those? No. 
they're amazing. Yeah. Like truly, truly the best burger is the, is the beyond burger. Like I prefer those now than, than if I, the burgers I used to have that were made of ground beef, like amazing. And what they did was, and, and there's many a trends going on this way is they took the foods that, that say everyone is so used to and you know burger well it's more american than a burger right i mean it is what it is you gotta have yourself a burger and fries it's everywhere mcdonald's so what they did was is took that idea of what that taste is and then showed that you can make this taste out of plants but you can do it without having to harm any animals and then the health effects from it are even better like the, 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 the way your body, you know, uh, consumes and digests uh, plants versus meat is, you know, a much more efficient situation. Like I, I can eat a burger and not have any heartburn. I used to eat a burger and I'd have heartburn with, within an hour, you know, like just that's the way it was. A burger and fries equals heartburn. Or they didn't call White Castles gut busters for no reason because <laughs> they're, they're freaking gut busters. But now they got the impossible White Castle. I can eat, I can eat six or eight of those. And I'm fine. I don't have any gut bust feeling. It's amazing. And it tastes great. So I think to me, that's been the best move is to show that the taste you are used to from, from indoctrination, from tradition, from whatever you want to call it, um, you can create those same feelings without having to go this way. It's better for the planet, better for the animals, better for your health. And that's the way I think it's, that, that's what started to make. That's why there's, you know, options. Like when I go out to eat now, I don't have to go straight to a, like a vegan place. You know, there's options on the menus now popping up. And I think that's the way you do it with familiarity, comfort, See, love. I don't understand that either, though, with the, what you just said about the impossible burger tastes like a burger. I've seen people that tell me that they see a commercial for McDonald's and they don't yeah. see a hamburger. They see suffering. They see cows being murdered. They see this. They see that. Yet, they'll eat an Impossible Burger and love the taste of it. How can you see all this atrocities going on, but yet love the taste of it? That seems contradictory to me also, that you, well, you, you, you hate all of it, but you love the taste of it. Well, I think the thing to think about is this. Um, say, like cows. What do, what do cows eat? What do they eat? Mm -hmm. Grass. Okay. So what's grass? Grass. grass is a plant. Right. <laughs> it's a plant. So, I'm sorry. Throwing curveballs. Sorry. I didn't think about how that would sound. Um, but, like, my point is, is that it's sort of cutting out the middle man, if you will, or the middle cow and, and just going to the source. The cows that get big and huge, they're, they're mostly eating grass. The ones you're supposed to eat are the ones that eat grass, which is cut out the cow, and then you have the food. What I'm trying to say is the the, the – those foods eating animals all this time that's it's been that's been our dna for a long time at least in this country for sure you know other countries as well but this country for sure so how do you open people's minds to change well you get in the kitchen and you figure out how to make it taste like that so those people have a gateway to feel like hey i'm i'm really i'm really not missing out on this taste it's actually still there in fact kind of better like i was a big sushi guy there's a place here in Dallas called Blue Sushi Saki, and they have this amazing uh, vegan uh, sushi menu. They have this thing, this roll. You, you ever had like a spicy tuna roll? I don't eat sushi for anything. Okay. 
Well, no problem. If you did, there's this thing called a spicy tuna roll, and it's good. It's very spicy. It's nice. It's it's kind of like everyone eats those, you know, mm-hmm. like mackerel. A lot of people don't eat mackerel because it's very fishy. Spicy tuna roll or tuna roll, most people eat. Point is, they made a tuna roll, spicy tuna roll out of tomato. And I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they seasoned it. I don't know what they did. It is fantastic. And I'll go there, and I get to have sushi, and you might like this, without that damn fishy taste. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the best sushi I've ever had. I don't have that weird aftertaste, none of that stuff. Because, like, everyone's drowning sushi in soy sauce and uh, wasabi. Why do you think they're doing that? Because it tastes like fish. It's really not that good. <laughs> so see. now there's this amazing sushi I get to have that's, you know, good for the planet, tastes amazing, and so forth and so on. So the whole point of this, what I'm getting to, is that making these foods, it's not for people like me who've already figured it out. It's for people who haven't, and it's a way to feel comfortable knowing that, because most people are worried about what they're going to miss out on. They'll say, like, I'm not going to eat twigs and berries because I like steak or I like burgers or whatever, whatever it is. I like chicken. And the point is, all these things have been created to say, well, yeah, because that's the taste you want, and here you go. I mean, at the end of the day, the best thing you can do is make your own food at home. And because and, if you go out to eat, there's three things and stuff when you go out to eat. Butter, sugar, salt, and more butter, sugar, salt. That's why food tastes so good when you go out. It's full of butter, sugar, and salt. I mean, it goes not even thinking of a vegan scenario, just tons of butter, sugar, and salt. Even vegan butter with tons of salt isn't a good thing. The point is is that it's to keep create this comfortable uh, environment where people can try different things and realize that you don't have to have meat in every meal. So it's sort of like it's better than yelling at people. It's better than throwing blood on people. Just make these choices available because when White Castle did it first, they rolled out the impossible uh, White Castle first. It sold out like there's people waiting in lines to get into White Castle. Been a long time since people waiting in lines to get to White Castle. Yeah, and then the Impossible Whopper, same thing. And then now McDonald's is doing McPlant. It's about to come out. It's their own version. They partnered up with Beyond so they could make their own that tastes like their burger so that they can offer this item. Now, I don't think McDonald's or Burger King or White Castle are like, total vegans or anything like that but they see that this market is growing and they want to be in front of it as it grows so they can make a ton of money that's their deal so it's not a perfect solution but change is slow and it's a step in a good direction and it sure has made my life easier when i'm out at all these places and like wow there's an option or two on the menu now which is great versus pulling the cook over and saying i'm a vegan can you make me something and they always do but it's a lot easier right. having these options that I was familiar with. It made it so easy to switch. I would have done this 10 years ago. It probably wouldn't have been as seamless or easy to switch over. Now, let me ask you, you your wife, is your wife, your wife isn't a full vegan yet, right? You said. Right. She's, she's a vegetarian, mostly vegan. Like when, when we're at home, you know, when we grocery shop, but we, we grocery shop vegan. We, we, we cook together. I'll tell you what, we cook a lot together now. It's kind of brought us really close together. Uh, because, you know, we're, we want to be healthy. We're getting older too, you know, and, but, but if we're out sometimes, you know, like there's a tradition, um, at her house for Thanksgiving where deviled eggs, you know, so, and she makes them the best. So they still have her make the deviled eggs, you know, and so she'll have a few at that point and makes them for the family. 
and uh, you know that's fine. Or she, if someone has like milk chocolate, we usually eat dark chocolate at home, but sometimes she'll have like a piece of cake or something like that. If it's you know, so pretty much eggs is kind of that, uh, or or a little bit of dairy. Once in a while, she'll do that, but it's usually in situations where it's offered to her. But so she's not 100% like I am, but pretty darn close. Now, you just mentioned Thanksgiving. What happens in, in your house on a holiday like Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's or whatever when families get together? So um, <laughs> when I first, <laughs> this is, I'm from Detroit, right? I live in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first year I was vegan, I went home for the holidays. Ugh mistake but i went home and uh i got a, a large italian sicilian family you know and uh if any of you hear this well that's life but uh you know uh, not not they're, they're predominantly not very height and weight proportionate let's just say <laughs> and eat a lot you know they eat a lot of heavy foods you know i learned how to cook italian sicilian food when i was a little kid they put you put an apron on you and stick you in the kitchen you know you know how to cook right away but it's never really healthy food. So I show up, Tammy and I, my wife, and mm-hmm. uh, I knew I wasn't going to want to eat what they had. So we actually stopped off at, at Whole Foods uh, downtown Detroit, which there, it was new then. And it was the first one they'd had downtown ever. And they had these really good uh, uh, vegan prepared meal options there. So we came in with our own meals and, oh boy, you would have thought <laughs> that, that we were like, demons walking into heaven into the heaven gate the gates of heaven and, and asking to be let in and it was so like overdone ridiculous like aunts and uncles what is that twigs and berries with it so i was like one of the things i got was um it was a a uh soy based uh soy nuggets based uh general so's chicken like a chinese one and uh i forgot the other we had a teriyaki one as well it was just delicious and all these great sides and stuff. And then like, we quit complaining and try this. And one of my uncles, no names actually tries a bite. He's like, Oh, it's pretty good, but I'm not eating that. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So it wasn't the warmest reception to be honest. Um, now, now it's, you know, we don't really talk about it. It's fine. Everyone knows that I don't expect them to bend for me. So if I show up, come in town to one of those types of things, great. If you, here at my house, you know, well, I'm not going to go out of my way so you can eat animals. I'll, this is what I'm having. Feel free to bring something else. Sort of the same scenario, but I'm not going to give them the business about it. <laughs> wow. The, that's always a question that, I, that I, I ask everybody when I have a someone that follows a vegan lifestyle. How does your family react? And, well, that's kind of what I expect, what you just said. Yeah, not really good at first. <laughs> it's, not, not really good at all. Yeah, it's kind of like telling your family that you've, I don't know, you've changed changed religions on them or something. You know, it kind of felt like that. And I did learn something, though. Um, my other side of the family, uh, so this is my mom's side, my dad's side of the family, one of my uncles, the same. it was that same year, and I met him and his kids and my cousins and stuff to have a different, you know, holiday meal. And we went out to eat. And I still remember this so well. My wife totally figured this out. So my uncle was like, so I hear you're a vegan now. And I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> here we go. And right away, you know, he starts snickering and throwing out some stuff. And, and my wife pops up. She's like, yeah, well, he did it for health reasons. You know, he used to have such bad heartburn 
and 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 he's allergic to dairy and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden he leans over to his son and said, oh, well, you've got a heartburn all this. Maybe you should try a vegan lifestyle. <laughs> it was the health thing. If you talk about saving animals and saving the planet, no one's listening. If you right. mention health, you actually have people's ear more than you do if you talk about the other stuff. There it's you good, go. It's a good starting conversation. There you go. Yeah. That's a better way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it take time to convince Tammy to go into the, to go vegan or did um, she just go with you when you started doing it uh it took a little more time was she like we both was she like eric you're crazy no no uh, luckily i married the right woman no but but it was like she wanted to shed a few pounds she wasn't obese or anything like that but she was like you know as thin as i used to be or getting older she wanted to get healthier as well and so she was all started off with like portion control and things like that, which is a good issue as well to yeah. get into, you know, portion control is important. Mm -hmm. But um, I dove in so heavy on the researching that I kind of just put myself in my own bubble and kind of progressed forward faster. And then I kind of did it all in one fell swoop when I was ready, you know, looked at the different types of stuff. And when I jumped in and then she saw the results that I had so quickly and then it was it was a lot easier. I think I think she she was probably she was probably six months behind me. Let's put it that way. Not, a, not not too bad at all. But it makes it it makes it that much easier when your partner's doing it with you, right? Oh yes, uh, man. Not having your partner in it with you, I imagine that would be a really it's a tough deal. Uh, like anything, like when I was a kid. Uh, we were Catholic, you know, as you said, you are. Uh, mm -hmm. And then my dad switched over to born-again Christian. That didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> that did not go well at all. They were divorced, you know. There was other problems, but I think that was like the icing on the cake to where they got divorced. So, yeah, if, if in, in the kitchen I could see that being a big problem because you're preparing meals, you know. Sure. Because um, we used to eat out a lot more. I don't eat out much at all now. Once in a while – and I'm happier and healthier for it too. You know, I know what's in my food. And then her and I cooking together has really brought us close together, closer together. Really sure. has. So yeah, I can imagine it being horrible if your spouse isn't in on it with you. Well, I know for me, uh, after I had my accident, I I had gained weight unbelievably. So, and uh, I was up close to 400 pounds at one point. And I went on Weight Watchers, and I dropped almost 200 pounds. And but it was made it easy because my wife didn't have to lose the weight, but she went on Weight Watchers with me. So I'm only figuring if you're going on the vegan, the vegan lifestyle, it's easier if, you, if your spouse, your partner, your family is in it with you. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, a good way to think about any sort of a significant lifestyle change, because that's, that's what veganism is. It's not a, it's not a fad diet. No, it's, it's a lifestyle change. It becomes behavior modification, I believe. It, it really is. And at first... It, it's like learning a foreign language, you know, uh, it's, it can be a little scary if you haven't really thought it through because you're changing so many different things. And let's also put it out there. Your body has to adjust to it. It's sure. Like you're, you're, you're used to having to try to process meats. You know, we have this, you know, digestive tract that's not really set up well for, for meat. You know, it's, it's very simplistically set up for, you know, vegetable concentration or, or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Digestion. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, at first it's not something I would say for most people, if you're thinking about it, I wouldn't do what I did. I went in aggressively and that's just who I am. I don't know any other way, but I would say it's as simple as just starting with a group, you know, ground, you know, beef is, you know, one of the biggest offenders, beef or pork, just start there and start, you know, replace a meal, you know, try it out. You know, start, don't, don't, don't put yourself in a situation because you don't want to send your body into shock either. Like say dairy. I mean, I could go on about dairy forever and why, why I wouldn't recommend anyone drinks dairy. And if you want, I'll give you the short diatribe on it. If you want. Go ahead. Okay. So just think of it this way. Very easiest way you can look at dairy. I don't think, I think that our bodies reject dairy uh, inherently. And the reason is that, there's no animal species on the planet that I know of, and I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that animals only give their babies or pups or cubs or whatever uh, milk until they're old enough to where they don't need it anymore. And we're the only species that I know of, and again, I could be wrong, that drinks milk their entire lifespan, but milk from another creature. And milk is full of all the necessary hormones and stuff to get fast growth to sustain an infant yet we're like putting tons of it in our bodies all the time from another species i mean just on common sense and without being a say not a scientist not a health practitioner something doesn't sound right about that out of the gate i don't know like you said you're not a scientist i'm not a scientist that's for sure i'm not a doctor i, I have such problems from dairy like my skin would break out not not like lactose intolerant like you know, uh, bathroom problems. So mm -hmm. like I had like really bad skin. I had like eczema and stuff like that. And a acupuncturist of all people recommended, Hey, go a month without dairy and see if your skin clears up and see if you feel better and things like that. And sure enough, that, that, that was one of the things that I forgot to mention that tipped me in the, in the vegan direction was this one recommendation from a, from an acupuncturist to just cut out dairy for 30 days and see if you feel better. So before I became a vegan and all that, I had already stopped dairy a long time ago, like probably years before. Excellent. Yeah. Now, I, now I, got, I got a question for you. Being that. Sure. How, how long have you been a vegan? Like four years. Four years. So you're fairly new at it. If someone yeah. came, if someone came to you today mm -hmm. and said, I'm thinking about, you know, going the vegan lifestyle, mm -hmm. how would you recommend they start? Yeah. Okay. So wh what I would say to, what I would probably do first of all is I wouldn't say yes, become a vegan tomorrow because people will go all in and then they'll just stop and they'll be, you know, inundated and they will just have too much on their plate and, and common life today, not a lot of space to kick back and think. So what I would probably do is I would say, Hey, why don't, why don't I introduce you to some different foods that you're going to be familiar with? And, and then show you that the tastes you're worried about missing, they're available to you if you want to eat those types of things. Like we had mentioned with the Impossible Burgers, uh, the uh, faux chicken stuff and all that. I would probably start there because I think for most people, it's, it's this fear of loss. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we, especially to get older, most people uh, going out and doing something, getting together with people means going out to dinner. Right. You know, that's like a main source of entertainment. Strangely enough, I mean, it is, but that's just, that's our society. You know, I don't, I can't speak for other countries, but I know in the States, that's what people do. 
So the first thing I would probably recommend and do is get them introduced and let them understand there are plant-based options for the things they think they'll be missing out on and let them taste them and be comfortable with them first. Because I think if you get rid of get rid of the fear, which is the fear is the thing that holds everyone back from everything. I mean, it just don't, don't matter what it is. It's always fear of missing out, fear of loss, uh, fear of getting it wrong, fear of failure, whatever. So I think the first thing you do is I would attack the, the fear-based scenario. And then then you just need a systematic way of doing it. You know, like I, I kind of mentioned, you know, start with a food group, you know, start with beef. Beef is the common one. Just stop eating that and then see what happens. And then if you feel good about it, you've adjusted, your lifestyle's good, you don't miss beef, start with pork. You know, because I, I put it in the list of offenders, you know, the ones that are the worst for you, start with those. And the ones that are considered the least worst for you, end with that. And usually that's seafood even though, you know, in our oceans now and such, the mercury content and all the stuff that's in the ocean, well, the fish are absorbing that and you're eating that, that's an argument for a different day. But seafood usually ends up being the last one, uh, not just myself, but many people I've talked to, that's where they stop. And then, you know, the easiest thing you can do, really, get a few cookbooks, you know, uh, go old school, get a few vegan cookbooks that teach you how to make things that are not up tastes like a burger, not a substitute for a, a, a you know, barbecue chicken or, or fried chicken, not a substitute for those things, you know, but there's a whole different world of food out there that I never knew existed. And so like getting some, just some cookbooks and getting into the kitchen once in a while and just try making some food. Most people are afraid to cook these days or they feel they don't have time. And even if you were to like not become a vegan, I would, I would encourage everyone who's listening right now, eating out at restaurants is not the healthiest way to go. Well, especially with <laughs> <No> COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially with COVID, you know. But the reason restaurants taste so good, the higher end the restaurant is, the less you know about what's in their food. Right. It's like McDonald's. They make print their uh, menus or pr print their nutritional ingredients but they don't make the high-end steakhouses do it, I would say eat at home more often. Mm -hmm. So it's just more of a plan, you know, get rid of the fear, have a systematic way to eliminate. It doesn't need to be done over day. If it took you two years to become a vegan, that's fine. So you know? in, but don't, in don't other force words, yourself. In other words, you're saying transition into it instead of just jumping in with two feet. If you want it to stick, yeah. I mean, that's that's just how it is, you know. I mean... It's, I, I know a lot of people who like try all these different fad diets and stuff. And, you know, the reason diets exist is because they don't stick, right. you know, that it doesn't make sense. So if you want something to stick, you know, go, go slow and, and be meaningful and have intent and make those changes willingly and make changes that you can sustain. Don't, don't, don't just jump in. You're exactly right. That's, have a plan and just go slow. That sounds, that sounds like smart advice. It's easier that way. It just is. Eric, I want to thank you for being here today. This is this has been great. This has probably been the nicest conversation on veganism I've ever had. <laughs> Most informative one I've had. And, you know, this is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned, that this isn't, you're an everyday guy. Well, you're a superstar as far as I'm concerned, but you're an everyday guy. You, you get up in the morning like everybody else. You work. You, you're living the vegan lifestyle. It doesn't consume you 100% of the day. No. And you're doing your part. 
Well, let me address that before we go, uh, if I could. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, what I can say, I, it's hard to put this into words or to quantify, but it just is, and you'll have to just take my word for it. My brain sort of, all, like a lot of the pressure of like everyday life doesn't get to me like it used to. Now that I'm, I'm, I'm so much healthier than I was before. And, and I feel good about the things I'm doing as well. Like by being a vegan and by doing my part, you know, um, I, it, it does make me feel a lot better. I do, I do have something that I'm, I'm working towards and trying to make a difference on versus quote unquote, not giving a damn before and, and not trying to make a difference. Um, and I'm doing it my way and my terms, the, the dividends and rewards that I've received myself personally, and let's face it, you know, we're all our own people. So it's okay to be somewhat selfish because it's your life. It's your one chance on the planet. My life has become a much better place. I'm a kinder, gentler, warmer, more loving person than I've ever been. And I never, ever, ever thought that was going to be part of it. I wasn't trying to get any of that, but something changed in me that I did not see coming and I would never want to go back. Uh, and finally, uh, I wanted to thank you for having me on to talk about this because I've been wanting to talk about this and, and get it out there knowing that I don't have all the answers, but I, I've been wanting a platform to discuss this and everyday life doesn't really make that affordable. So the fact that you called me up to do this is awesome. And I just wanted to thank you for giving me a chance to say anything about it because I don't get too many opportunities to do so. No, I want to thank you for, for coming on and doing it because it's the voice of sanity in, in an insane world. I mean, you, you look at some of the stuff that's on Facebook and people go nuts and you're putting a sane spin on this, which is what has to be done. I, I'm sorry. And I, I'd love to have you back on again. And I'm sure, I would love to. I'm sure we're going to get feedback on this. <laughs> as sure yeah. as I'm sitting here, I know we're going to get feedback on this. And we're definitely going to get feedback. <laughs> I definitely and I definitely want to. I, I, I want to. You know, how do you want to answer it? You know, I'm, I'm wide open for that. You know, on record publicly that yes, I think that the more discussion that there can be about this is the more solutions that can come from it. Uh, I'm living proof. I don't mind being the example, and I'm just like you said, I'm just a normal guy who got way more than he ever thought he would get by making some fairly simple changes once I got out of my own way. Well. Yeah, I tell you what, if if everything else going going on in your life and you can still do this, then other people can do it as well. Well, that's a good point. The last point is that once you get it, once you're doing it, it's nothing. It's like you're just living your life. It right. doesn't. You don't have to become a a, a a crazy person. You just just live your life. That's what I was trying <laughs> to say in the beginning. It's yeah. just it's just becomes another facet in your life. It's a, you're you're the same as everybody else. You know, you sit down to go to lunch with with with, with a couple of worker coworkers or something, and they're eating a ham sandwich and you're eating a miracle burger, whatever. It, <laughs> it, 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 I'm just saying it 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 all it all works out. It does. It, it does. And then you know, if you lead by example, and the results you're getting are good, people will notice. They they just will. And then they'll ask you questions, and that's when you should speak. Exactly. Now, I do want to remind everybody that Eric was part of the Amityville cult. Now, he was a demon in the Amityville cult. <laughs> he wrote the, the soundtrack for that. Yeah. Was it? Yep. Wrote the soundtrack. Darkness Never Lies. 
Darkness Never Lasts. You have to listen to that song. You have to. If you haven't heard it yet, you have to listen to that song. I'm going to have all his websites and contacts in the show notes for this podcast. Anybody that has a problem with anything that Eric said here today, his email address is going to be in <laughs> the contacts on the show notes. And if you don't want to write him, you can write me. My my email address is always there. And Erica will address it. If you don't if you don't like what he said or if you agree with what he said, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people agreeing with you. I'm sure. But you have to check out Darkness Never Lies. I love that song. You know, speaking of that, uh there's a remix of the song uh that Eric Gustafson of a band called Adoration Destroyed on Cleopatra Records. He just did a remix. We're going to launch it on the 26th on Spotify and everything. And then there'll be a lyrical video coming up after that. But uh, there's a, he, he managed to turn this song into a dance club ready mix. That's not cheesy at all. I don't know. He, he killed it. What, he did your, such a good job. Your song? Yeah. He took my song and turned it into like, wait till you hear it. it it's, he, it's, he made that a dance song? He did. I know. It sounds impossible. <laughs> but he did it without making it like a cheesy dance song. He kept the integrity, and, and he just knocked it out of the park. So that's coming out on the 26th, um, and then uh, a, a lyrical video shortly after. And then he and I also uh, did a music video for my next song, Closer Than Ever Before, and we're going to put that out in uh, February. And then I'm also about halfway through the script for the short film called Sleep that I'm writing, directing, producing, and starring in. I'm actually playing three roles in it of this guy with his three different personalities. Cool. So there's stuff coming up. Well, like I said, you're going to be back on the podcast because we're going to be discussing all of this. Perfect. That's that's amazing. I I definitely want to hear the dance version of Darkness of Lies. Yeah, I, I can't wait for you to hear it. I, I think you'll be impressed. I I can't even fathom it at the moment, because is, I, it, is it with your voice and everything, or did yeah, it, it it is, it is. And I sent him my vocal tracks that you're hearing in the original one. That's like six different tracks all blended together to make that spooky voice that I, I made. I remember you said that. And well, he took them and separated some of them and put like a. a a distortion for a guitar on it and then put out the vocals up up front. I, I can't even begin to explain. Uh, when you hear it, you'll just flip out. It's so cool. He's Eric Gustafson is a super talented guy and he just knocked it out of the park. This doesn't make you like a disco king or anything, right? No, that's the best part. It doesn't. I was a little worried something like that might happen. But, uh, you know, not because of him, just because, well, you're trying to turn this into something with kind of a dance groove. Okay, well, let's, but I trusted him enough to let him do it, and he did a great job. Uh, let me tell you, if I see a, if I see a mirror ball and, <laughs> and, and three-piece suits, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> well, here's the good news. None of that's going to be there. If John Travolta's in the video, I'm going to be upset. Maybe some platform shoes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And Always a pleasure. Always. We'll definitely talk some more. I, I look forward to that. I'm here whenever you need me. Okay, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. You take care. You too now. 
I'd really like to thank Eric Alberto for being here with us today. He's an amazing man. He He's the hardest working man in show business I know. And you have to check out his song, Darkness Never Lies. It's an amazing song. And I'll have the links and everything in the show notes. And if you have any comments or questions or anything you wanna you wanna pass along to Eric, you can do so by writing to admin at famousapple.com. In the subject matter, you can write Eric Oberto or vegan. And I'll make sure it gets to him and he'll answer you or he'll come on the podcast and he'll answer you. Or if you'd like to talk to him directly on the podcast, we can arrange that also. But Again, I want to thank Eric for being here today. There was a wealth of information he shared with us. And I want to thank you for being here today. And I want to remind you, no matter what, things can always be worse. That's right, my friends. Things can always be worse. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse. We got a lot more coming up on this podcast And you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you check in regularly. Make sure you stop by our discussion board on Facebook at www.famousapple.com forward slash group. There's a lot of people over there hanging out, chatting, asking questions, answering questions, making new friends. Stop by there. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks again for stopping by today. And I'll talk to you again real soon. Have a great day, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.